Welcome back to Retail Therapy on the Sunday Scaries podcast. My name is Will DeFreeze, co-host Barrett Dudley. Barrett, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, just just living in a, a new world this week. It's a uh, it's a Barbie world, as it were. You know, and that's that's the one that I currently reside in. Uh, I don't know if you know this about me, but I saw it this past weekend. So. Yeah, I just it's something you should just know about me. Was this a, was I've this a seen, Sunday night movie? Barbie. Was this a Sunday night movie for you? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Sunday evening movie. Uh Draft House officially has um one of my favorite pizzas in the city back on their menu. It's the Brussels sprouts bacon and goat cheese pizza. It's fully on there. It's it's listed in the main, you know, it's in the main pizza section. It's not just like a maybe they sometimes have it in the extras. Um Barrett, unfortunately, just, there's, no, there's no better there's no better way to spend a uh, a Sunday evening. Unfortunately, Barrett, it's in the bylaws of retail therapy that your favorite pizza can never be from a movie theater. And so, un- unfortunately, we have to have you take that back. I said one of, one of. It's not, it is not my favorite, but it's good. It's good. I can, a- I can hear our New York listeners unsubscribing <laughs> right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, it, it's, I think the, I think the New Yorkers would quite enjoy this movie theater pizza. It's all, it's all about the crust. Am I right? Um, and it's nice and it's, it's crunchy. It's got a bite, but it's not like it's not cardboard. You know what I mean? Well, being that most people listen to this podcast on Sunday, but yeah, cat, you know, just cat, catch me on on Mr. P right now and just scroll in the pink section. Is it a good Sunday movie? Oh, it's an excellent Sunday movie. Okay, yeah. it's not going to give me some kind of existential dread about being no, a, a white no. male who has just ruined the lives of so many women out there, like inadvertently. No. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Just making sure. I'm really. I'm. I'm. I mean. No, I would be lying if I said I was shocked at that take because the movie does say the word patriarchy a bunch of times, and it is well, so does Succession, but I don't think that did anything. You know, it is like it does. It, it's it's a very feminist move uh, movie, like in its its kind of messaging and its story, but like it's it never says like dudes are bad. We are. You know what I mean? We are. Like it's it's so. a really weird. It's very strange takes that are out there, but but. But expected ones, expected ones. Do you think that if Barbie came out earlier in the year, earlier in the summer, that we would see more pink around this summer? I'm a little worried that it's so late in the summer now that people aren't going to be buying their pink stuff or wearing it at at a rapid clip. So not to gas myself up here. Mm -hmm. One of the last episodes of Club Cool that Phil and I did. Mm -hmm. So sometime in 2021, I believe. Okay. We talked Barbie core. Okay. Like it was all it was already a bubbling trend. Yeah. Kim K, Megan Fox, MGK, like there was a lot of like the hot pink happening. Yeah. Um, and it was it was coinciding with like early kind of murmurs about this movie, Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling getting cast. There were famously like the the um the pull like the TMZ or the the, the paparazzi polls, mm-hmm. like while they were doing the skating scenes like in Venice Beach. Uh, like on the boardwalk, so there was there the like the hot pink thing has kind of been happening for a little while. Uh, now, I mean, and of course, there's ballet core that you know, uh, right? So many right, people naturally. leaned into. I, I mean, here's the thing. Just I, I was kind of like just you know goofing, like pulling up Mr. Porter's pink section, but there's a shitload of it, and it is you know there's there's everything from just kind of like clean cut linen shirts to like insane. Celine satin bomber jackets and Amiri cardigans. Dude, don't ruin, don't like, ruin my wish list item for today. Get the Celine twenty. Get the three thousand uh, dollars Celine and varsity how about, jacket how this, off. How about this massive Montclair puffer, right? In like a blazing hot pink. So I already I, think Montclair puffers are pointless. A blazing hot pink one just makes my my skin just like crawl. <laughs> 
Uh, so I, I do think, and that's that's page one of what does that say four. Mm -hmm. So like I think you know, and pop onto Revolve one time for me. Like you're gonna see like a full like Barbiecore or Hot Pink hit it list or Hot List or whatever they call them. Um, and so it's I, like. Yeah, I, I, I do see what you're saying. Like, I think maybe if this had dropped in May, you would have seen more mm -hmm. hot pink throughout the summer. You and I were were out at a at a buzzing spot this past weekend. We were. We saw some hot pink out there for opening weekend of Barbie. So it's yeah. definitely something that I could see kind of kind of kind of coasting, and and we're, we we might be seeing more of it out there through the remainder of summer. But I do I I do I hear what you're saying. I do think that maybe it could have been like a full-on summer trend had this movie come out a month earlier. If you had to guess, if you, if you, or not guess, if you had to say between these two what is driving people dressing up for movies, would you say that this is because of the buzz surrounding both of these movies, Oppenheimer and Barbie, and just kind of how they each elevated each other? I think the phrase is a, a rising tide uh, lifts all ships. Sure. Uh, or would you say that this is people just finally getting out and you know really spreading their wings after being locked down and just watching stuff on their their little you know their their little sixty five inch television screens at home? So uh, what I'm going to connect this to is the Harry Styles and the Taylor Swift concerts, okay? Which are both both fully fledged, like they have elevated themselves beyond your typical concert experience, mm -hmm. right? I saw a, a headline on a on some news program. You know Taylor Swift's Eras Tour is injecting four billion dollars into the U.S. economy. I believe it. After going to the Dead shows last week, I read something that they they had like I think it was forty million dollars that they put into the like that just like that concert alone put forty million dollars into that San Francisco economy that desperately needed like a, an yeah. injection. Yeah, and there was a lot of reports of people out there thanking. You know, people for coming in, being like, I wouldn't have gotten the hours if it wasn't for these concerts, things like that. And yep. so I, I absolutely love seeing this. Yeah. Uh, so there, like, there's just like this, I, I think there is this post pandemic sense of people want to, to eventize things more. Mm -hmm. Um, and when there's like a good, when there's a good opportunity for it, whether it's a massive pop star coming through your town and putting on what amounts to more than a concert, but like a true full on event or when, uh, two movies that are not sequels, not superhero based, and there's a shitload of buzz about them, and there are memes, and there's a whole Barbenheimer thing, Barbenheimer, like, you know, tide rising, like you just said, like, I think people are just inspired to make the most of it, and uh, it, like, it just, it adds a layer of fun to, to what you are about to go do, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And like, I think that it, we're in, in the streaming era, right, where it's so easy to just like put on your PJs and sit on the couch, and pause the movie 18 times and look at your phone and do all like do all of that. I don't pause at home, Barrett. You know? I don't pause at home. You treat it like a you treat it like the theater? I mean, I don't treat it like a theater, but I don't if if I have to pause more than like two times during the movie, you you kind of get the uh, okay, are we right, going right, to yeah, are we watching yeah. this? Yes, what are we doing yeah, here? Yeah, are we yeah, just going to Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. But that being said, uh, ever since having Fritz, going to the movie theater is just like a no-go. Yeah. Because paying for a babysitter to go see a movie Right, when you can just do that on your couch. It's yeah. become one of the dumbest expenses for me, and now I'm I'm kind of at the point where I'm really jealous that all these people can just go and see Oppenheimer at 10:30 at night because they don't they don't have any worries. <laughs> well, so I, I mean, I think Oppenheimer is like a good example. Like like which movie are you, well, maybe it's not a good example, but the the dressing up the 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 Barbie core of it all the mm -hmm. fact that like the the movie has so much hype is doing so well has such massive stars like it probably is you you are probably closer closer to seeing that movie to taking that trip to getting the babysitter to go see Barbie 
than than you have been in some time. Yeah, I would imagine for sure. You know, for what sure. I mean? And I, like, for a lot, and, it, and I'm more ready now than I will be for a very long time. Yeah. So, um, and and Oppenheimer to a similar degree, I think, is just like it, that is that that is a movie that you want to see in a theater. And it is a it's it and it's about something that is interesting and meaningful rather than like, you know, two dudes in spandex punching each other in the face. Yeah, like no offense to like Dune or anything, but like I'm not getting a babysitter to go see Dune in a theater, even though I bet it's awesome in a theater. Yeah, let's leave Dune out of it. Yeah, but, like well, I'm not yeah. just like, but like <laughs> just as I don't want to go, I don't want to pay like you know sixty dollars to a babysitter to go see Dune. Yeah, that yeah. has no relevance to me outside of a fictitious thing in my right, head. Right, right. Whereas I do, I do kind of want to see Dune or Dune too. Or however many dunes there are, uh-huh. but it's just one of those Twin? things. That it's like it's it, tw- is that is that what they're calling it? No, no. Uh, that'd be that'd be a bad <laughs> that'd be a bad name for it. I wouldn't be impressed with that. I guess it would just be tune. I gotta I support Shalame. I, I botched dude. that. It's just tune. What? I gotta support Shalame. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He didn't like die in the first one or no. anything. Like I'm like spoiling it for myself. No, no, no. He, he's, he is in the movie, right? He is in the movie. Okay, yeah, it got yeah. real silent in here. Really Although. Quick. <laughs> <laughs> it got silent because honestly, Will, I was having flashbacks to one of the trailers that uh, that precedes Barbie. Okay, which is um, his star turn in in uh, Wonka. Yeah, I've never been interested less interested in a movie. I'll see it. I don't know. I always I was a big Raul Dahl kid. Do you not do you not mess with Raul Dahl when you were a little kid? You mean Rolled Dahl? I don't know, yeah. dude. Anyone who knows how to say that like is better than me because no, uh, BF- it just sounds like you have a piece of gum in your mouth. BFG was like my all-time favorite book. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I liked them all. Like there was really none that I, I was I was asking to not read. It was pretty much the only stuff I enjoyed opening. Yeah. No, doll. Doll is goaded for sure. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's facts. Hey, while we're on the <laughs> while we're on the uh, the topic of children, I think this is kind of a perfect time to talk about a uh, recently new sponsor of ours, KiwiCo. Okay. okay. So when I was little, Barrett, uh, my my parents were very good about traveling. We had the luxury of doing that. And when I was very young, uh, my parents took me over to London. And it was a trip that I can look back on now and say that it shaped a lot of my life. Not only did I just get re- really interested in that in just London and England as a place, but it, I think it stuck with me for long enough that it's shaped several of my interests today. Whether it's, you know, my, my fervor for the English Premier League or whether it's, uh, I don't know, me just, you know, wanting to dress Ladcore. Maybe we'll even talk about that later today with a uh, New Balance Stone Island release from this morning. But uh, KiwiCo is doing everything they can to help immerse our kids into something like this. Summer's a season brimming with wonder, curiosity, and thirst for discovery. And you can foster your kids' curiosity with KiwiCo Atlas Crate, a monthly educational adventure that sparks a love for learning. Each crate transports children into fascinating countries, cultures, and landmarks, opening their eyes to wonders of the globe. And when you sign up for Atlas Crate, KiwiCo delivers crates packed with hands-on projects, engaging activities, and fascinating stories that transport your child to different corners of the globe. Uh, They have several of these. Uh, One of them that I think is very good that I need to do with Fritz is the Japan Crate, where you can actually make one of those uh, traditional windsock fluttering carp fish. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like that just sounds like something I want in his nursery or bedroom in general. They also have a Peru crate right now where you can make an alpaca. Uh, just expand the horizons out here, okay? You can unlock monthly discoveries. They have a world of exploration with their uh, the monthly subscription. So each month, like I said, they will get a new adventure discovering fascinating countries and cultures. It's just cool. And as a parent myself, I can say it's great to get things in the mail that you don't have to go specifically order because sometimes you just forget and you you just don't know what's happening. It's nice to have that subscription going. Uh, and it's just kind of an endless thing for you. 
If you're ready to take on the world, explore hands-on projects that help your child develop an appreciation for other world cultures. Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping at kiwico.com slash atlas, promo code SCARIES. That's 50% off your first month at kiwico.com slash atlas, promo code SCARIES. Got to keep those kids cultured, man, you know? You got to, dude. Yeah, yeah. When, so when you were a kid... Uh, I mean, this happened in every single classroom in elementary school. I'm going to ask Randy this question, too. I think Randy's going to have a good answer. They would always let you choose a country to do, like, a project on. Or it'd be like, all right, like, everyone can choose one oh, yes. thing. Like, yes, did you have yes. a country that you defaulted to? <sighs> yeah, I think I I think I did. But I'm now I'm trying to remember what it was. My gut is telling me that it was the Czech Republic or Czechoslovakia. Okay. Because that's, like, the that's the most interesting piece of, like, of heritage that I have. Okay. You know, yeah, my, I feel like everyone my, was slightly shaped by their heritage. Like my great grandmother came over on a boat from from Czechoslovakia. Okay, basically. Okay, so that that's you know that I I feel like that's that was mine. What was yours? Oh, I'm sorry. You, sh- you should be up. I'll vamp while uh, while Randy figures out his mic. People say that I look very Czechoslovakian. Really? No. no uh, I was going to say I don't. That's not a that's not a trait that I associate with people. So it's difficult for me to know, um, but. Yeah, mine was always I. Mine was weirdly enough what we just talked about in the read. Was, I liked yeah. Peru a lot because I liked Machu Picchu, and so I'd always try to go Peru. So, so I, I assume you know you're 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 claiming here that you're a big Anglophile. Can you tell me the difference between the United Kingdom, Great Britain, and England? I, I no no, yeah. no like <laughs> could I could I maybe try to describe it to you in a way that might make sense to some people? Yes. Would I get certain things incorrect and just open myself up to criticism? To criti- also, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not okay. going to do that. Yeah. Um, I, I just and I also think there's it's a never changing dynamic. I mean, we've got we got parts of Scotland wanting to join Norway right now, which is kind of a vibe. If you're if I'm being honest, yeah, that's like, definitely a shifting one. Those two combining into something that yeah, sounds yeah. kind of chill and pretty pretty. If I'm being honest. Randy, do we have your microphone sh- solved over here? No. Uh, no. Okay. Shout it out to us. Just tell us. Yeah, Poland, he said Poland. Poland. That yeah, was going to be yeah. my guess for you. You've got a lot of a lot of pull in you, right? Yeah. Well, we've got a major. I, I we should have just done an entire. Uh, <laughs> Randy, <laughs> Randy just took the walk to Poland. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we've got a. Uh, we almost did an emergency podcast uh, last week because I almost just I almost just called us all into the room together because so many people reached out regarding this article. I don't know if I'm vindicated. I don't know if I'm like exposing myself. I don't really know anything about this at this point. I don't know which way's up in the world of martinis. But the New York Times uh, published an article about martinis that is really just kind of confirming some things that we've talked about earlier on this year. If I'm being honest. And the the headline of this was, the martini has lost its mind. It says, ordering a dirty martini these days doesn't guarantee gin, vermouth, or even an olive, but you might get squid ink or a mozzarella ball. And what this really just says is that maybe we're taking these things too far. Maybe we don't need to to, to make a chicken, chicken broth martinis. I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. Okay. Right quick. Not that I, because I, I, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree, but. I, what's also happening, right, is that the martini is just the perfect vessel to essentially make whatever cocktail you want. Okay. Okay. If you if you have an idea for a flavor for a cocktail, I don't think there's anything easier to start with than ice cold vodka and a little bit of dry vermouth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's it's just a good it's a good base layer, as it were, to 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 put things on top of. Now the gin one, the gin is different because gin is really 
strong and flavorful and has all sorts of things like slow and juniper and 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 bota- various botanicals, right? So it's a little bit weirder when it's a gin martini. Mm-hmm. And then you're like piling stuff on top of it. Yeah. Then you like get into like the uh, the aggro Bloody Mary zone. Yeah. Where it's like, I don't need a cheeseburger on top of my Bloody Mary. Correct. So, Correct. Um, oh, that's a good. I, I kind of, I, I might need to workshop it a little bit, but like I kind of like the idea that martinis are going the, the way of the Bloody Mary. Yeah. Where we're just doing, simply doing too much. Yeah. Um, I mean, now if it's a smash burger on top of a Bloody Mary, Stop that's it. a different, it's a Stop different it, thing. Dude. It's totally a different thing. Did you, you I, I take it you saw, I mean, this, the joke that you just made is based off a conversation that Barrett and I have had about smash burgers before. Yeah. But uh, there are some people out there who probably follow Nolita Dirtbag and yeah. saw the recent post about smash burgers, which could not have been more on the nose for the conversation that yes. you and I had yeah. like yeah. literally the night before. To, but frankly, the Nolita post just made me want the, uh, the made in griddle and press e- even more. You have to get it, Barry. You know, just I really got to get. It. I, here, you know why I don't. You know why I, I don't have it yet? Because Made In is a local company that I feel like we have connections to. And look, I'm holding out for the bag. There's no reason we're talking about them for free right now, and we probably shouldn't be because there's zero reason that Made Made In shouldn't hop in and sponsor this pod. I literally had a conversation at our party. With the founder of the company about yeah. doing a party at their location, Barrett, yeah, I, we can get you right. a free Smashburger set. I feel set. like I can get the Smashburger set, and then I'll make I will make content around making Smashburgers. And trust me, Maiden, that is worth more than the two hundred. Our friend Jake over here, he was on the he was on the program, <laughs> Barrett. He's on this very feed. If you want to go learn about Maiden, he's a great guy. All right. Well, I have I have isolated out each martini that they have discussed in this column, of which there were a lot more than I thought. Uh, I will get ahead of this and say that this might be an all-time bad pronunciation episode for me. Ooh, okay. There are some words in here that <laughs> I have seen on menus before, but maybe maybe I don't know how to say them. I Maybe I stumble through them as the waiter's standing there, and I hope that they just know that I'm talking about you know, the first word of the, the order. Uh, or maybe people are just simply too polite to, to correct me. But we're going to give it our best today. Okay. Shall we start? Let's start. The first one in the article is the chicken soup martini. While they don't explain what this is, I'm going to assume that there's some type of broth in this. That yeah, it's it's uh, it's chicken, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah, you botched that one. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, the ch- the chicken pronu- <laughs> the chicken pronunciation's always been difficult yeah, on right. me. Yeah, yeah. This one kind of looks like it's got a chicken soup vibe to it. Uh, it's, it appears to have a maybe a pickled carrot on the on the the toothpick with some olive oil droppings there. I, I don't really know. I will say that uh, maybe it's the pescatarian in me. I don't think I need to drink a a chicken based alcoholic drink. Yeah, uh, I'm with you on that. Uh, here, here's the there's a non starter in this drink for me, and we may have talked about this already. If there are oil globules in my martini, I'm I'm I am out. I am out on that martini. Some of y'all out there got to stop making your blue cheese olive martinis right. with yes. the stuff from the olive bar That's, and the olive yes. oil. It's not what yes. we're doing out here, people. We're us as us as retail therapy listeners. Uh, if you're in the the cult of retail therapy, we do not mess with olive oil in our alcoholic drinks. I, right it's now. not. It's not for me. It's not for me. I it, I don't want to taste like. I don't want to feel like I'm drinking like like fat. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what that the, that's what this makes me think. I of. don't like the change in consistency when no, it hits your mouth. No. It's so weird. These, these little dots of the the olive oil in here, it's a it's a pass for me. I'm I, passing I, on the chicken chicken you, soup martini. I think what people seem to be doing is just going like, oh, if it's salty, I should be able to make a martini out of it. And yeah, that's, 
that's that's false. We're not doing Campbell's soup martinis. <laughs> it's just it's not necessary. There's gonna be a hit, there's gonna be some hip bar in some part of New York that I'm not yeah, familiar with, yeah. and they're gonna serve it out of a Campbell's like can. Bed-Stuy, probably. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Or they're gonna have the, the Campbell's cans from the martinis, and they're gonna serve beer like draft beers Ooh. in those. Should we just order, open a bar? This yeah. is, we're yeah, cooking this right is, now. Yeah. Yeah. Genius. We have the oyster. I don't even know how to say this word. Mignonette. Mignonette. Okay. I would have guessed that, but I didn't want to go in confidently and sound like an idiot, Martini. Uh, An oyster mignonette martini at Mars served with an East Coast oyster on the side. Uh, So this was actually in their post on Instagram, but they did not include the photo on the article, Barrett. Okay. This looks pretty delightful. It appears as though this martini is served with some oyster juice inside of it. And then I think that there are... um, Three small cocktail onions across the top of it, and then a very, very good-looking oyster that is uh, kind of put in the uh, on the side on a on a small bed of ice. It's a great presentation, I have to say. Yeah, this. Um, let's see. Did, was it just New York Times? Uh, yeah, but Instagram? they post about a million yeah. times a day, they so do. I kind of hung they you do. out to dry here. That's here, okay. I'll, I'll t- if you want to give me your take on it, I'll, I'll toss this in. Well, here Well, here's for what you. I was going to say. This one, it, th- this one doesn't scream martini that's lost its mind. This screams like an actual use of a martini, and I, I think I've I seen agree. stuff like this at Perla's or Clark's here in Austin. Yeah, or at the very least, they have something that's like a like an oyster shooter, which is kind of similar. It's like a it, it is like an oyster with a little bit of vodka or, or Bloody Mary mix or something like that. But this one sounds like something that I that I would enjoy, and I think that's probably because I feel like I've seen it on menus before, maybe even tasted something similar. And I and and I mean right like martinis and oysters go together like peanut butter and jelly so that, that yeah. this one that's why people this one kind of wanted tracks. to put my head on a steak when, when you, I said that they were out they were out yeah. but I'm okay so I'm a little confused because I, my take on martinis being out were that I was tired of people ordering dirty martinis and I was kind of touting that there were so many other different kinds of martinis out there that people could be drinking. And now we're finding ourselves with the vibe shifting against me almost by saying that there's too many martinis. So I don't know whether I love this hate against the other martinis or I hate the hate. As long as there's hate, maybe I'm happy. Yeah, don't, I'm a don't, hater you, you, don't, you don't need a backpedal on it. Look, okay. like, w- there, there's only so many times that we can see something on Instagram, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's that, right, just as the Smash Burger is, is making its way to that... Uh, to that zenith, I mm-hmm. think I think the oysters and the martinis, you know, did as well. Not only would I drink this, I would order t- two of them. Like I'm not opposed to doing this. Uh, I love a martini with a sidecar. If you if you ever have a little extra coin, let's say maybe you get a Christmas bonus and you want to go to Jeffrey's in Austin, Texas, you can go get a martini from their martini cart there, and they serve it with a little uh, one hitter of some caviar on the side, and it's a very very fun experience. It's very it's it's overpriced. It's tough pill to swallow, mm-hmm. but it is a very it's it's a nice experience if you want to overspend on a cocktail. I've only done it twice. I've only done it one in the la- once in the last seven years. All right, here we go. Here's the Perla's menu right here, and on their raw bar is a classic classic oyster shooter, which is vodka, horseradish, bloody bloody mix, and lime. And that comes with an oyster like in the shot glass with all that stuff. Have you done this? I have done this. I've done it too. Did yeah. you like it? I did. Do you rush to do it every time you go there? No. I don't either. Yeah. Yeah. I'm open to doing – if someone at the table says, should we do these and it's late enough in the day, I will do it. It's a $12 shot of, that has an oyster in it. You know, it's, it's kind like of fun. A, yeah. It's like a fun, you know, it's a, a to-do on a on a hair. But See, like, now you're making me like – I now I'm like wanting to go down every oyster bar menu like ever just because I feel like every oyster bar has something like this and it's not that big a deal. I, I – yeah. Yes. Have you ever been? You're a Charleston boy, right? I've been to Charleston. Have you been to the Darling Oyster Bar in Charleston? 
Yes, I have. It's very aesthetically pleasing. I had the absolute pleasure of watching Texas beat USC while uh, at a wedding there. Yeah. From there. And I ha just had an all-around great time um, at the bar itself. And I'm on their menu now trying to see. I'm not seeing anything outright with any oyster juice in it, but I did have them doing something like that. Maybe I was mistaken. We Let's got We got sat. At what I'm pretty sure was the worst table in the entire restaurant. Love that for you. Love that journey uh, for you. And so I, I, I didn't have the greatest experience. We but had, it, but you, but the the main part of the restaurant with all the good tables and the beautiful bar that looked really nice. <laughs> See, we sat at the bar and had a nice two top on the or nice two seater on the corner. Yeah. So that which was a nice seat, and then they uh, opened up an entire section of the restaurant to us to just have free reign while we watched the Texas game, and it was just three of us with about ten seats to choose from. If you are, if you are ever in doubt, if you're ever in doubt. I just had this, a similar experience uh, this this past weekend at a, a spot that I I won't mention it yet, um, but I was on Resi. This is this is a conversation that we we need to put a pin in. So I, I will also won't go too deep into the insanity of of uh, of talk and Resi and Open Table yet. No, we're know, doing because this we need to do that segment. We've yeah. been, I've been <laughs> overthinking this segment and I think about it all the time about all the but, apps out there. But I gotta I it, I'm I'm suddenly I suddenly have the choice between bar lounge and table and i'm just i'm i'm you know i'm frozen in fear to to make the wrong decision and i'm googling photos and i'm on yelp and i'm like trying to get like a you know like a bird's eye view of the restaurant mm -hmm. like i feel like i need a blueprint to look down on so i can make the best decision of course i make the wrong one because that's because when you're petrified with the yeah with with the fright like that that's that's what you do and i just i needed to, i need to remind myself that the bar is almost never a bad idea Unless I would say for two people, for two, for yes, two, yes, for two, yes, naturally, I yeah. agree. But but if that's if you're ever like in a pinch and you don't know what to choose, I feel like the bar is the safest option. If I had to rank, I would go table, bar, outside. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, I think I think for most, I think for like a traditional restaurant, that's probably right. Yeah, like inside table, bar, patio. Yeah, yeah. But this was a, this was not totally a, a traditional restaurant, so I'll I'm leave excited it for, for this this yeah, podcast I'll, I'll, to I'll, end, I'll, so I can get the full exposure. <laughs> I'll save it for our uh, for our, our future conversation on reservation apps, but uh, we can proceed. What's next on the list? Pickle Martini, the Martini at Alberts, in New York swaps the traditional olive brine for spicy pickle juice. I would absolutely do this. This isn't that crazy. Again, this is a pickleback. Yeah, right. I don't like. I don't do. I don't do pickleback and pickle juice. I don't do picklebacks. Famously, uh, I think that they, <laughs> they, they could possibly ruin pickles for me if I do one in the wrong situation. If I've had too much to drink, if one doesn't sit well, so I've officially retired. I would do one single pickle martini before he, the waiter comes around again, and I say, you know what, I'll just do a normal martini this yeah. time. But I liked it. I, no, I liked it. I'll just do yeah, a normal one yeah. this time. But for me, this is a lot, lot about the uh, the garnish. If it's, a, I need to know. I I need to have a good garnished pickle on here. If 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 the pickle on as a garnish is not a good tasting pickle, we're going to run into a big problem here, and the entire thing is pointless. Do you buy pickles at the grocery store? I'm a pickle bar boy. You uh, so you go, but you go pickle bar. You don't go. Well, I'm a I'm a pickle snob. I'm a dill pickle snob. Uh -huh. I don't I don't mess with sweet pickles. So if yeah. you want to talk sweet pickles, go go knock on someone else's door. <laughs> Uh, but I'm very much a dill pickle snob. If I go, if I have to go straight up um, in like a jar. Like your classic, you know, blue collar pickle. Mm -hmm. I'm going Clawson. Yes. They're, they're crunchy every single time. Okay. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. I, I recently bought a jar of Clawson's for a recipe I was doing. Mm -hmm. 
it's nice to have a jar of Clausens in the in the fridge. Dude, yeah. so crunchy. Yeah. So crunchy. Yeah. But yeah, we based on the grocery store I go to, I'm pretty much a pickle bar boy. I'm, sure. I'm paying that eleven ninety nine per pound. It's just <laughs> it's a brutal thing to do, but they're so good there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have the Caprese Martini. Basil infused balsamic dotted Caprese Martini at Jackson Bond. I'm not doing this, Barrett. Jackson Bond, um, speaking of famously. Isn't this the place that I feel like four or five cocktails that we've talked about on here have originated at Jackson Bond? Do we need to go there? Do we need to go to the homeland? Should we have gone is, there? Is this the pasta water martini spot? Maybe. No, I think the pasta water martini spot might have been in Philadelphia. Okay. Am I okay. crazy for thinking that? Jackson Bond has definitely been mentioned on this it podcast has. before. It has. Yeah. 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 Maybe we should, should we just, if it sounds like they're just making up drinks as they go. Should we just stop in there and be like, can you guys make, like, we talk about your drinks all the time. Can yeah, you just make yeah. us one? So, yeah. 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 Again, Caprese, this is too food heavy for me. I don't like infused vodkas. Okay. I don't know. It's just, it's, I don't, I'm not saying, I'm not anti overall. It's just not for me. Sometimes I feel like it's just a tough thing to do. And I, I feel like a basil infused vodka doesn't do much for me. I think I'd rather have the scent of a, of a basil thing instead of the actual flavor. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good call. I had a. Do you I had slap a, the basil like you do the mint before you do something? Uh-huh. Yeah, you gotta slap it a basil. You gotta slap uh, it a basil. <laughs> um, the, the, this the caption on the photo here says it's the most popular drink on the menu. I simply don't believe that. I don't either. That, there's no way that that's the most popular drink. Yeah. No one likes to, like tomatoes are so unpopular that I refuse to believe that people are ordering a drink with the tomato in it. It's just not happening. How about this radish water martini? At who, Naro. Who, who was talking about radishes this past weekend? Was Dave. It Dave. Dave. Dave was talking about radishes. Not a radish boy. He doesn't I, like radishes. Now, this is one that I would be interested in trying because I do like a radish. I, I have to admit, Barrett, I love a radish. Yeah. Like, I love it. I don't care if it's just your regular radish. I don't care if it's a watermelon radish. I don't, I, I'll do any radishes. Catch me on a crudite plate, like, snatching the radishes. Like, like uh, that's that's low-key the, the move right yes, there. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you guys can have the, t- like, the, the flavorless <laughs> bell peppers, but I'm going for these radishes, yeah, and I'm yeah. dipping them in this hummus and this green goddess dressing. A little spice. A little, oh. Yeah. A little heat to them, you know? Yeah. You have snap. to do it. I love it. Yeah. Sally, Sally and I went through a big radish phase for a while. We were just making radish salads and stuff, like, just eating way too much radish. I think I would do this. It doesn't explain what this one is, but I would assume that much like the pasta water martini, you just use water that's been soaked with radishes? <laughs> Essentially an infusion. It right? kind of sounds interesting to me. Yeah. I don't know. I, it can't have too much of a bite to it, right? I feel like it would almost be a little... Um, floral or something? Yeah, like it like... would... It's giving floral? <laughs> is it... <laughs> <laughs> I would absolutely. I would try. I would at least try this. Like this would get my attention on the menu, and it would be hard for. I would ask the waiter, like, "So what's up with this radish martini?" Yeah, I'd check. I'd, I'd check this one out. Yeah, the next one's one that I think I'm gonna have trouble with <laughs> for numerous reasons. The more that I read about it, it's the squid ink martini at the American Express Centurion Lounge. <laughs> who did Who did American Express need to talk to to get their squid ink martini at the Centurion Lounge in this article? <laughs> There's no way that someone's just like sourcing for this article and going to the, the Centurion Lounge. Yeah, this um, I, I don't like this. Uh, speaking of things giving, this is just giving airport and like squid ink and airport don't go together for me. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a scenario where maybe you it gets ahead of you a little bit? Like you know how like sometimes in airports you drink a little too much and you're like, oh, I probably didn't need that last uh, 32 ounce Sam Adams from this random bar. Like what if what if you're boarding the plane and you see someone you know and your mouth is just covered in squid ink like like red wine <laughs> and you're like oh sorry just a I, full on like coat, coating of like black gunky liquid. By the way, I love a squid ink pasta. I don't. 
but it freaks me out. But this again, what like we're going so food heavy with these that this is it's reminding me of the Bloody Mary thing. You don't need it. Um, le- allow me to uh to to humble brag here. I was recently in an American Centurion Centurion Lounge in an airport, the Ooh, Hong Kong airport. Dust which, your shoulders off, which Barrett. which you think would be really nice. Right? Yeah. Like, doesn't that sound like a fancy little place? Yeah, it seems, it seems like that would be a big hub that people would go yes, to. Seems yeah. like there, right. it would just be massive. Like, it would be nice, like yeah. plush leather couches everywhere, like just like feeling yourself, cocktail. And what airport was this in? Hong Kong. Okay. Yeah, which is a massive airport, as, as, as you might expect. Uh, it was not like that. That in fact, it had tile floors that were just for some reason, just like my shoes kept sticking to them. Ooh. It's not like the floors were sticky, but my they, they but they were it's also giving men's bathroom. And it was not not a place where I would if I saw a squid ink martini on the menu at this particular American Express Centurion Lounge, like I couldn't say no fast enough. Correct. So also, I, I, I just don't, don't know this. I don't you know? on, on principle alone. I don't pay for drinks at the Centurion Lounge. Like they have free drinks that you can just get, yes, or right. they have drinks you can pay for. And given the fact that, like, I just ref- I refuse to pay additional money on top of the membership fee of American Express, and they now, give them additional money, right? Yes, to yeah, do that. Sometimes good, they even make gr- you, like right. before I got Sally a card, they made her pay to get in every time, even though she had one of my cards that said my name on it. Did they really? Yes. Seem, that seems. I never actually let her pay. I was yeah. always like, "Well, we're just simply not going to go." I, it's way cheaper for me to go to PF Chang's over here, <laughs> Panda Express. You know, I bet they'll make you a squid ink martini. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's squid ink. Uh, got- maybe Jackson Bond can do their own squid ink martini, and then then we're probably well, talking. obviously I'm drinking one at Jackson Bond. Yeah. You know, uh, we've got the seaweed muscadet. Muscadet. At Este in Austin, Texas, you can order a martini made with muscadet wine and kombu seaweed. I think Laura's actually going to be at Este tonight. Dude, you have to get her to get one. I'm, we, I'm, need, I'm, I'm, we need her review of the seaweed mar- or seaweed martini. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about this one? Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time you know, getting, getting a feel for what, what muscadet tastes like. And so I'm not sure. I like seaweed. Again, this is this is just we are we are going down the list of things that are salty, and people are like, "Yeah, make that a martini." I, yeah, I just make don't that a martini. I don't like seaweed at this point. Okay, I, I I'll eat it with sushi because there are so many competing flavors that it kind of just sits in the background. Mm-hmm. I don't, but I, even now, if I had my way at a sushi restaurant, I'm not touching seaweed the entire time we're there, just because I I just hate, I've grown to hate the flavor. I don't know why. Okay. You're uh, a sashimi boy. I, yeah, I'm very much a sashimi boy, okay. and so I I really don't like to lean into this at all it just freaks me out yeah this is probably a pass how about the habanero mezcal at dear madison in chicago <sighs> see this is interesting now aren't we just into margarita territory that's that's see that's that was my exact question once we start going into mexican martinis and mezcal and things like that once yeah. we get away from the gin and from the uh the vodka i feel like we're in a, an entirely different category here uh, this says that yeah mezcal lime juice this is a margarita this is a this is an up margarita my friend right yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's just move on from this one. Pepperoncini martini. Okay. Now I'm actually interested to see this one on the list because no, at least once I have sat at the house after polishing off a jar of pepperoncinis, mm-hmm. looked down at the juice, and oh, been like, it. "I wonder if I could make a like a a quote unquote dirty martini with this." Uh-huh. But instead of the olive brine, it's the pepperoncini. You, you have to do it. I'll yeah. do it. 
That, um, I'm, I like pepperoncinis, and it feels like the flavor is subtle enough to where this might actually work out. I like that you can probably control it a lot, so you can control the spice level, control the bite of it. I would absolutely do this. I'm not a huge pepperoncini person. I don't like them enough to buy on my own like you do, but I could be convinced if we had a recipe to use them for to, to make some martinis with this after. Okay. What about pickled fennel and yuzu? I, fennel and yuzu. So yuzu, that's like a what, like a Japanese lemon. I'm pretty sure. I it's think like you usually get it in like a sweeter drink. Maybe fennel, obviously, like a very licorice flavoring in Italian food. Generally, let's pickle it. Cannot cannot imagine how those two are going together. What if you pickled it though? I, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not doing this one. I don't think. I I feel like yuzu is a flavor that doesn't totally jive with my palate every time. Like I feel like I feel like there's sometimes where I'm like, oh, that's I remember now. I don't love it. Uh, we've got the Alpov uh, martini. What are you looking at right now? You're freaking me out. Well, I'm. I so Alpov. However you fucking I say it. I think that's. I think this that's is probably exhausting. Right. This is a steak topping. Am I right? Right? Like, doesn't steak normally come Alpov? Yeah. And I want to say it's like creamy, maybe mushroomy. And uh, I, it kind of makes me want to throw up a little bit. It's pepper steak. It pepper, consists of yeah. steak. Uh, traditionally a fillet coated in coarsely cracked peppercorns. And the peppercorns form a crust on the steak when cooked that provide a pungent counterpoint to the beef. Okay. All um, right. Okay. So I'm thinking of something else then. Opoav is just the just the the crusted pepper. No. I think it also has to do with the sauce. I think it's more the sauce. Okay, there is a sauce. Of the peppercorn. Yeah. Which is a creamy. It's yeah, from yeah, the yeah, drippings. Yeah, yeah. Heavy yes. cream, cognac, and drippings okay. from the meat. No. Again. Okay. So now I'm back to wanting to throw up a little bit. No, here's, here's please, please no creamy peppercorn in my, mar in my martini. I have had pepper vodka. Mm -hmm. I've only had it in a Bloody Mary, and it was good because that makes sense. I would try it, but it de it totally depends on what the rest of this like. They don't they don't go into this enough. Maybe we should have just gone on the Rock website and Rockefeller Center in order to look this up. But this just strikes me as something that's just going to be a little too rich. Um. Well, one time in high school. It was probably like junior or senior year. I had a little get together at my house while my parents were away, mm -hmm. and uh, you know we crashed the liquor cabinet as as teenagers are are want to do. Very cool. And the only thing that uh, we could get our hands on on that particular evening was uh, was absolute pepar. <laughs> and let me tell you what, it didn't go well. The boys had to have <laughs> talked about that night for a long time. <laughs> How um, did you even get down that road? Th that I. I don't remember. Was it the I only thing like, open? Was it the I think only we thing? Were, I think we were in pursuit of, you know, a clear liquor, right? Like we were, we wanted vodka. Like the, this was not at a point where I, I only had one friend that was just like, I'll drink the Doors white label. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that was like psycho shit to us. Um, this was, this, I think we were deep in our, like our, you know, Bacardi Raz, Bacardi Coco phase. Yeah. You know, yeah, just really at the entry point to to the to the whole world of. of I this. was a big Bacardi O guy. <laughs> Bacardi O, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. Yes. I very much um, enjoyed the Bacardi O. And so I just I think we were striking out on just finding like regular vodka, and so the absolute the absolute papar, it, it it got pulled out, and oh. um, no, nobody nobody liked it. Mm -mm. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised. Yeah, not surprised. Yeah. Uh, would you say the boys that night would have enjoyed a uh, from Alberts in Midtown a washed with sushi rice martini? That probably would have gone over slightly better. Do we need to explain that I would absolutely do this? Like I would absolutely <laughs> like if you if you wash anything with sushi rice, I'll try it. 
Yeah. Again, I'm not opposed. We, again, this is this feels like a subtle flavor that like maybe adds more than it takes away. I would go as far to say that this might sound the most appetizing to me. Okay. Just a hint, small hint. And then at the Little Ned in Nomad, garnished with a ball of mozzarella martini. Wow, this seems unnecessary, and this is also giving olive oil to me, which I, I'm not again, doing. Again, yeah, if, 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 there's, if there's no olive oil in sight, I, I don't hate having a little bite of cheese next to, you know, next to the martini, right? Correct. But I, but again, no, no oil in here. I don't or, need, or I don't that. need a ball of mozzarella dragging itself through the martini as it sloshes back and forth in the <laughs> hand of the waiter or waitress. Like it's just, it's just not a yeah. necessary thing for me. That's yes. Before we get to our next thing, I do have something that's tangentially uh, related to these martinis. Before we get there, I do want to talk about our friends over at Squarespace because today's podcast is sponsored by Squarespace. I love Squarespace. I got an alert the other day that said I started Scaries 10 years ago. When I started it, I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I didn't know how to grow it. I didn't know where to go with it. But when I saw Squarespace, Squarespace as a, as a platform that I could use in order to build the website, it all just made sense. It was very, very aesthetically pleasing. It was easy to edit. I knew that I could sell things on the site. I knew that I could collect emails through the site. I knew that I could blog through it. I knew that there were so many things that the site uh, itself was capable of that I just knew it would make my life a lot easier. And so I went and found a template. I souped it all up. I started blogging. I started getting email addresses from people. I started sending emails out. I was just loving it, Barrett. And I was making tweaks on the site all the time. I got so obsessed with making tweaks design-wise on the site that I just fell in love with Squarespace. You guys can tell when I do the reads how much I actually love the product. It's just been something that's been very convenient for me in life. It's been something that has made my life a lot better. It's just a great overall service. It's a great, it's just great. I've got like six Squarespace tabs open right now, mm -hmm. uh, make, trying to make a wedding website. How Let's that? go. Yeah. That's how, I mean, when I made a wedding website that I never actually used because we decided to get married earlier, <laughs> I used Squarespace. When scariesmetsally.com might still be available, it wow. might still lead somewhere, but I think I might have ended that uh, yeah. that domain registration. But you can also register domains through it. It makes it very easy to start the website, does. make a domain name, and just get linked right to it. Barrett, if you haven't already done it with your Squarespace stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash scaries to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I sure will. It's time. I'm not making, I'm not trying to sit here. I'm not trying to make some grand proclamation. I'm not trying to say that these are the only three drinks that we can talk about here. I'm just simply starting the conversation because I think it's getting to the point where we're going to have to make a decision sooner than later. I mean, yeah. I'm, of course, talking about the drink of the summer. Right. I've assembled a short list of drinks that I've uh, identified that I have separated out from the masses that I'd like to bring to the table as my short list currently. I'm not saying this list is going to uh, like be the only list to the end of the summer. I might put something else on there, Barrett. I might put three. I might replace all three of these with three different ones if August goes as well as I want it to. Wow. Yeah. The the dr three drinks that I have on the short list currently. Randy, start playing the really uh, intense or orchestral music, please. <laughs> Uh, the White Negroni, which you and I kind of dubbed as our early contender. It was, yep. Uh, an Americano, which has turned into my most indulged in cocktail of the year so far. And finally, a drink that we have talked about before and a drink that is really kind of catching some some legs on the internet, if I'm being honest, the Hugo Spritz. Do you have any drinks that you'd like to add to this short list uh, right now, Barrett? I don't. Um, based on my own personal imbibing and then the, the the buzz that I'm hearing out there, I I think that these are are good are good choices. I will say I feel like the americano is a it's kind of the americano is holding up a lot of weight. It's got a lot of it's got a big burden on its shoulders because it's representing 
for what honestly may, I, I mean, this, this may end up being the choice because it's kind of, right, it's carrying the flag for all low ABV beverages. It really is. You know what I mean? It really is. So that, that's, it's doing a lot of work. I have been making so many Americanos lately for several reasons. One of the reasons is that it is low ABV, so it's not something I need to have a huge commitment to. Another thing is that I've recently gotten in the mail through an ad deal that we're doing with a, a company that's very on brand for S- Sunday Scaries and Retail Therapy called LoFi. They're a vermouth company. Okay. And uh, they reached out to us. I have already been kind of interested in sweet vermouth. It's not something I was super um, well-versed in. And when I started realizing that I needed a bottle to make Americanos with the Campari, um, they reached out at a really opportune time because I think they actually listened to retail therapy and they sent us a box of it. And I've been making, um, all my Americanos with the sweet vermouth from lo-fi. And I, I have to say, I've drank a lot of stuff with Campari. This has been my favorite thing to drink. The Americano with the um, just regular Campari and the lo-fi sweet vermouth. It has hit really well for me. I'm also just putting a ton, a ton of orange in there. Just squeezing that fresh orange in there and just feeling real tropical, real uh, Italian coast. Sure, sure. Um, uh, Have you seen articles on the Hugo Spritz? I've been seeing more and more articles pop up, but I also think that my Hugo Spritz uh, radar is uh, always on. Right, right. No, this feels... I've not necessarily seen articles maybe one uh but it definitely feels buzzy as far as the you know word of mouth goes and what people are talking about and then as everybody knows in this summer of 2023 which i think we can fully say is like the first true real all the way back summer mm-hmm. and so your the your the summer of europe has been just more in our faces than ever. Literally, everybody is in is is in uh, is in Italy at the Amalfi, moment, or maybe, the, or maybe the south of France, or Ibiza. as somebody also noted, Japan seems huge right Dude, now. Mykonos big right now. Greece, of course. I mean, it's always big, yes, but like I feel right. like I'm seeing more and more people in Mykonos. But everybody is just out there, and 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 so I know that the the Hugo Spritz is probably here as as the Americano is representing low ABV beverages. It feels like the Hugo Spritz is representing. Uh, Europe summer, mm-hmm. right? And, mm-hmm. and, and Europe core even. Mm-hmm. Here's my problem with the Hugo Spritz and why I'm ranking it number three out of, the, out, of, out of these first three. I've yet to see it on a menu. It's fair. Fair. So, I haven't either. Uh, Larry, I haven't either. You know, Larry McGuire is not so uh, it, taken by this thing that he has suddenly gone and added it to the menu. Sammy's at, needs to have at, this at as their Clark's featured cocktail. Or Sammy's or... or, or Pecan Street Cafe. If right, you're in right, Austin like, for a bachelor party and you want to have a really good time, I'm going to, I've never been, but I assume that the Sammy's lunch on Friday with the live jazz band is a really good time. Yeah. And I have to imagine that uh, a Hugo Spritz would do really well in that situation, especially during the heat of the summer. Yeah. Um, but I need, I need this to kind of bubble up into, to the, to the consciousness of, of mainstream city restaurants. Mm-hmm. Because because so far I haven't even had the opportunity to drink a Hugo Spritz. Wow, and maybe that's just on me for not spending more time in the on the Amalfi Coast. Don't right? blame yourself, dude. But don't blame yourself. But uh, but I just I just haven't been, and that's that's something that I have to live with. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I did go to Sammy's the other night, Barrett, and I did order a white Negroni at the recommendation of you. Yeah, I got the exact same talk that I got uh, that, that you I received. You. Yep, yep. Uh, and they they ended up making what I would consider to be a very good cocktail. Yes, they did. Yeah, I ended up yeah. having two of them. And <laughs> I was very happy with them. So yeah. thank you to Sammy's and the entire wait staff there. You continue to impress. Uh, we had, I got an email today, uh, earlier today, from a listener. 
And it is an article from the Wall Street Journal. And it kind of touches on something that we talked about last time. During your wish list, uh, you know, when we yielded to you for your wish list last time, you talked about people sending you some recommendations for shorts. Yeah. And uh, the Wall Street Journal has taken uh, your shorts request and it's kind of just started talking about man pre-summer, how men's shorts got so long. Hate, hate that they're trying to make man pre a thing. <laughs> Can't can't put those syllables together and not yeah. think of something else sometimes. Also, like Manpre just doesn't. It's not Capri and Manpre. They don't sound similar enough. We're just not. I'm not right, doing this. Right, right. Just wanted to get ahead of that. Okay. Essentially, what they're saying is um, the style men's style is evolving at such a rapid clip that you know big shorts are now in. After a few years ago, it was all the short shorts kind of thing. Like I mean, a lot of people these days are still wearing a lot of short shorts. And they interviewed several people in here, from people who own stores to designers to um, uh, one of the guys from the Throwing Fits podcast was interviewed for this article talking about it. And I, I don't really know where I fall. Uh, being a 36-year-old father of one and soon to be two, I don't feel as though I can take that many liberties when it comes to wearing giant baggy shorts. I feel like I'll get some weird looks at like soccer practice if I show up wearing like borderline Jinko shorts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But at the same time, like I don't want to just show up looking like a like a total dork to these like younger cool dads. Yeah. Or if there's any like with it moms that are like reading fashion blogs and stuff, I don't want them looking over at me being like that guy's a nerd. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Clue all of our listeners into something right now. This is the equivalent of, let's say, three to four years ago <clears throat> when New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and GQ, I am quite positive I could pull them up. I'm, you know, pretty sure had articles about uh, quilting in a vintage Americana Bodie esque aesthetic okay. coming out. Okay. Fast forward three or four years, and now we're inundated with it, and it is a true wave right mm -hmm. like that everybody knows about and everybody wants to participate about mm -hmm. this is very so this is early like this is and this is what they do right like we, we they gotta they gotta show they gotta show their 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 cred by by understanding what is happening uh you know on the streets of new york and on stefan Diggs and on the legs of uh of podcasters right mm -hmm. that's where the baggy shorts is happening but the baggy shorts is not is not trickling down or happening in the in any type of mainstream yet so this this, this this is super early. Like if you are on the you know the edgiest of the edges, then yeah, maybe you're 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 pulling off some insane isimiyaki or or, or whatever or, or jinkos even or you just you maybe you cut off a pair of Dickies eight seventy fours like four inches below the knee and you just you going crazy punk with it, right? No, I um, go I go on Mr. Porter and I <laughs> I go to the short section and I sort by inseam and I start with the twenty inch inseams and I work my way down. <laughs> Um, or if you're, or if you're Larry from throwing fits, then you're, then you're breaking out your collection of like vintage double pleated polo Ralph Lauren shorts that, yeah. Yeah. that, that have that 11 inch inseam. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but there like, are some shorts in this article, some photos in this article that I think have more, um, added up inseam than what I have in my <laughs> closet, like combined between all of your shorts. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I did get the Bodie shorts from the Nordstrom deal. And I have to say that those are my, definitely the, the shorts that I have that skew closest to this Yeah. while they are not, but they're, and they're, they're, not, but they're, they're not more long. voluminous. They're yeah. voluminous. Yes. Yeah. They're more, yeah. they're more just have a giant leg opening, which is weird to get used to as opposed to a length that's weird to get used to. Yeah. And I, think, I, but the giant leg opening for me is not prohibitive at this point. I actually kind of like it. It's kind of comfortable. It's very comfortable. It's the, the blousey is good. And I think that's why I, I do think that, that I, my, my guess is that just like as the, as the, you know, as the, as the trend winds kind of like headed into each other, 
we, we were finding that like shorter shorts, which generally are smaller and tighter, were kind of like fighting with the baggier, more voluminous pants that everybody was already wearing. Mm-hmm. And so the shorts suddenly had to like like match the pants a little bit more. Yeah. Because it's weird, right? It's it's kind of, it feels um, dissonant to have like really short trim shorts, but then all your pants are, are baggy now. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that's what pushed, kind of pushed this ahead a little bit. Um, and, and suddenly like, you know, a really long shorts are kind of, are kind of back in vogue. But the, the, you know, you see the, the lead picture here was Stefan Diggs who looks, you know, he looks, he looks tight. Right. But he's also kind of doing a thing that, that women are big on right now, which is the tiny top, big, big bottoms. Oh, I can't, I can't thing. pull that off. I and that's not, it's, it's, that's because it's hard for dudes to pull off. I look like, I look crazy. It's much, much harder for, for guys to pull off. I'm worried I'm accidentally doing it right? by getting voluminous bottoms you, and, and not big look, enough yeah, tops. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very, like, it's a little too. It's just it's like a little too fashiony, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's 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 never gonna feel totally right on us, I think, without yeah. looking capital F fashion. So that's that's one of the weird things about it. But but um, you know, I I, I think kind of to the to the to the Bodie Shorts point, I think where we'll see this go mainstream is just in the loosening up of the silhouettes overall. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not necessarily like I don't like I don't think Babenzine at J Crew is going to like launch like a twelve inch inseam next year. No, he might, but but I but I do expect like some baggier pleated shorts. They'll launch that are, one that, that are maybe seven or eight inches. They could launch. They'll launch one. Yeah, and if it takes off and it starts going crazy, then they'll figure out more. But yeah, I I mean, at this point, I feel like the shorts the the world of shorts is is very wild wild west. I don't really know where everything falls. I think there was a good point made um, about how. If you do rock the five inch, you are going to skew frat star. Little preppier. Little preppier. Um, but I also think it all comes down to styling too. Like if you if you have a five inch inseam and you like, no one's going to look at no one's going to be watching Call Me by Your Name with Chalamet and uh, and Army Hammer and be like, damn, oh these dudes are so frat because they have short shorts on. Like no, like, right? They're right. they're wearing blousey shirts and got this Euro style. They're doing just fine. Shorts are also, I mean, they're so uh, they're so time and place dependent, right? Like God, God forbid you're in you're in these things n- near any body of water, right? Yeah, or in any hot summer vacation destination. That would look you will look insane. I'm not trying to put right? more fabric on my body as. Um, as the the temperature maintains over a hundred degrees in in Texas, yeah, yeah. so uh, I will. So because last week's wish, um, wish list edition for me was more of a, a you know a request and and a and a search that I was on. Um, many people, or, or at least a couple of people, mentioned Abercrombie's shorts, especially of the of the linen variety. So I'll shout those out. And then I came across these, which is from a brand that I've never heard of. It's called. Cap in all capital letters, it's called WAO. The only place that I could find it was on uh, Forward, the the um, the, the higher end sister site to Revolve. Okay, but I quite like these because they look a little dressy. But could they still, be? A, could they be an in-house brand for them? They might be. They might be because I couldn't find it anywhere else. Uh, so I I'm, I think that these are under a hundred bucks right now, on sale. I like the color. It feels very versatile. It feels very transitional as well. Heading into fall. Um, so I like these. And then I also, I did, I did pull trig this past week, um, on a pair of just like the kind of elastic waist 
Chino Short from the, uh, are you ready, Randy? I'm a Leon Dorsale. Thank you for bringing this up. Yes. I, I almost, I, I was on there yesterday. I got the email. I was sitting in the parking lot of a grocery store here in Austin and I saw the email and I was like, you're well, already screwed. I was you're like, already screwed. Yeah. I was like, if I, 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 I could go on right now and see. And You, you I, need a desktop. You needed time. You needed but, your credit card no, out. No. If yeah. anything though, I deserve a round of applause because I, I almost bought a pair of shorts. I almost did. Until I remember, did they have a fourteen inch inseam? No, they no, and, uh, then I didn't because I was like, <laughs> this inseam needs to be double, if not triple, what it currently is. Uh, no, I didn't do it because every single time I buy a pair of bottoms from ALD, yeah, I either have yeah. to send them back or I have to get them tailored into Oblivion, and I spend a million dollars on it. And so I'm just simply not doing it anymore. Yeah, I'm very worried about getting kicked off the early access emails at this point. I have not been purchasing enough from them, and they're going to kick me off. And I, I think don't think fine. I don't think, I think I'm going to get fine. back on. You purchased something this season, at least one thing. Two things, two sweaters. Yeah, the sweater money can get you there. Yeah, you'll, you'll if, be fine. if you purchase one sweater, I think that qualifies you for the uh, for the early access. Yeah, emails. I will. I will go ahead and alert you that I that that my that, that my other grab there was the the exact same in the exact same color washed crew neck that you that you did buy earlier in the season and got great wear out of. So I, I do. I you know I had to get you back for the the Todd Snyder shorts. It, it, yeah. I have to admit that it, it it does hurt knowing not not that you not that you uh, not that you got the same thing as me. That's not what hurts. What hurts is knowing the price that you got. No, it. do not. You can't say that though. It, it hurts. It shouldn't because you you you've gotten you've gotten mad wear out of that. But it, what kills me? What kills at, me at too? Least, at least one fit pick. Talk me through the talk me through the mentality of this, Barrett. Talk me through the mentality of this. How does it feel to go on ALD and see something that's on sale where everything else is like sold out in the size that I have? Does that mean that I'm missing? Like, am I do I am I just not? If it no, if it makes you feel better, there there were at least two items that I had purchased from earlier in the season at full retail price. There were also just like the straggler sitters that weren't selling out immediately, mm -hmm. and that that I. You're right. That feels a little it hurt. You you you're that hurts a little bit. It hurts your feelings. Like damn, like it. I really liked this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it didn't. It doesn't feel good, you know. <laughs> like it just bums me out, and yeah, so yeah. Uh, <sighs> yeah, like the striped shorts that 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 I bought, you know, were they impulse on sale purchased well? on in New York on sale, full size run, still sitting there today. So that yeah, that that didn't feel great, but I, but I, I've I've worn them a bunch of times, and so that's that's what I'm saying. That's what we have to take solace in is if if it was a jacket that had literally been sitting in the closet for the last four months because you bought it in March and it was like 90 degrees already and now it's on sale in a full size run, that feels that feels bad. That's that's not great. That's not smart shopping on, on our part. But if we bought stuff that we got wear out of over the over the last several months of, of having these items, then we did we did our job. I didn't think I'd get anywhere out of a sweater um, in the middle of a Texas summer, but I have surprisingly worn that thing a lot yeah, outside of Texas, and I've been very happy with the purchase. I did wash it recently; it shrunk a little bit, okay. uh, just, but I think it will stretch. It stretches out yeah. like a lot. So, congratulations on the cop, Barrett. Thank maybe you. maybe you can get those uh, shorts that I cucked from you, and you and I can just put on some matching fits Ooh, and, and hit the town. I don't hate that. Get some uh, get some sushi <laughs> rice washed martinis with the boys. Can we talk about one last thing before we get to our wish list items? Of course we can. And this is not a wish list item of mine. It was more of a, a surprise this morning when I saw it on the Instagram story. It's the Stone Island New Balance uh, collaboration. I've been kicking myself for not getting their last collaboration, which was a very uh, fratastic silhouette of uh -huh. just their normal, like a normal New Balance that you'd see. So when I saw that they were collabing again, I was like, oh, I have to keep my my eyes out for this. And when I saw what they launched today, I was 
very surprised. Uh, for $250, you can own this pair of shoes that is much more sporty than anything I could have come up with. Was I just an idiot and just didn't see this on the horizon, Barrett? Or or is this is this a little more out of the norm than what you would have considered happening from New Balance and, and Stone Island? So the big difference with the last collaboration that you that you just mentioned was that there was there they sold out very quickly and there was genuine hype around them mm-hmm. and and they were not like a like a an easy get. Yeah. They've done many collaborations that are actually more in line with this. Okay. Okay. That do skew a little bit more into the techie, gorpy, shiny, fat shinier fabrics yeah. and like kind of almost like active wear purposes that you kind of know and love Stone Island for. Yeah. Right. Um, and so uh, while I like the way that these look, they, they fit into a weird zone that, 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 that I have a hard time with, even with like the ASICs right now that are so big. Right. Um, specifically the gel Cayano 14s, but even some of the other silhouettes, like I, I, I want a pair, like I understand the look, like I like them. And then I think about how I would wear them. And it's like, it feels very narrow cast. You know what I mean? Like the only way yeah. I'm doing it is like in, in an outfit, like I have on today, which is basically shorts and a t-shirt. Right. But I don't, I, I, some of these sportier silhouettes, some of these runners, whether they're super modern, like these or like the more like early 2000 styles, I, I don't like putting those with like jeans or khakis. Like it just, it, it feels too daddish to me. I and agree. It's, it's not something that I'm, I'm, I'm really wrapping my, my arms around. Right Sneakers now. for me have become something that they, I need to have multi-purpose use out of them. I need yeah. to be able to wear them in a million different situations. And if I can't, then it's kind of a, a wasted cost for me. And this, this, these are so like, um, I don't want to say modern, but they're just so they're very, like, no, they are, they're yeah, very modern. They're, they're very performance forward. You know, what would you call the, the, how would you describe the, uh, fabric on the, more colorful ones. Uh, am I am I missing the more colorful ones? Just here? like the one the ones on the left that yeah, you have their yeah. mouse over right now. Yeah, it's like a. I mean, it's, it's. I'm seeing more and more of this like combination, this like knit, and knit and mesh. It's like a knit mesh. I kind of yeah, like it. That's kind of how I would describe it. I recently yeah. saw. Do you know who Sugar? Do you, have you do you ever follow uh, Sugarloaf Golf on Instagram? I'm familiar, but I don't think I follow them. They have currently some head covers that kind of have mm. a similar vibe to this, mm. and I really, really like them. Kind of like Flyknit, like Nike Flyknit. Yeah, is what it, they're it's kind of expensive, of. but it's yeah. the same kind of color, and, and I really like it. And I was at a restaurant the other day, and this, this waitress came over to... I don't even think she was a waitress. I think she was just like a manager at the restaurant. She came over to grab a glass off of our table, and her dress looked so much like the head cover that I almost said like... <laughs> Where'd you get that fabric? Like, <laughs> what's going on right now? But did this you, also did you reach over and give it a little yeah, Seinfeld? Me, yeah, let me, a little let me, Seinfeld. This feels uh, like my golf. You know, this feels yeah. like something in my golf bag. Robin between your fingers. Yeah, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I am kind of into it, but yeah, this is just too, a little too formal. Yeah, for they, me. they they are cool looking. And now that I've zoomed in, we we should also note the uh, the Solomon effect here on the uh, the pull tight lace system rather than traditional laces. This is that little, you know, little plastic knobby that just like slides down to tighten. Totally okay with yeah. this uh, if this decides to take off and every single shoe yeah, company decides to start doing it. Yeah, it's one of my favorite parts of, of wearing Solomons is, is the, the, the ease of I had the, a pair the of on Sol- and off nature. I had a pair of Solomons. My only pair of Solomons I've ever had were before Solomons were cool. It was back in the day where like yep. we just went to the outdoor store. And yeah, I, REI, Whole yeah. Earth. Yeah. Just went there and I was like, oh, these look like something I would need. And my mom, were like, my mom was like, oh yeah, these are cheaper than the other options. We can do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's wish list time, baby. Okay. I have uh, to admit that I, I have several things in my wish list. Yeah. Do you want to start? None of them are fashion related. Or one of them's fashion related. The other things are just simply not fashion related. Uh, I can start. I'll start. I'll okay. start. 
I'm I'm dropping some something for me, but also something for the homies out there. Um, because you know, I I'm I I I, uh, I famously like to put six hundred dollar pairs of sneakers on this list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or other outrageous purchases, and so I'm 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 zagging today, and I'm purchasing something that that everybody can cop. I'm looking for like a for a for a very versatile black jacket. Okay, this fall winter, there's something that was uh, missing from my wardrobe as I as I was putting together outfits last year. I didn't have something like black, simple, not too heavy. Just like a you know good grab and go coat, mm-hmm. but it, but it needed to be to be black. So enter this uh, this Uniqlo version, the utility short blouson, which has a nice kind of cropped boxy feel, but also is giving barber bedale. It is. Is it not? It is. Uh, it comes in three colors. One of them is black. It also comes in in a brown and an olive, which definitely lean more into that like more British kind of hunting territory. But the black looks the most modern to me. That's what's that's what I'm after, and so this uh, this is a nice little you know getting ready for for transition weather and and fall for uh for for eighty bucks from Uniqlo. You know it's probably going to feel pretty good, uh, and uh, I this is this is just um, it's very universal, just something that everybody can put on their wish list. I think you better cop before the masses <laughs> get a get a a lead on this from you, and and they just sell out your your size. It's bear. possible. That yeah. is possible. Yeah. 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 <sighs> I don't know what to lead with. I got three things I need, only one of which we have a link to. Okay. I'll start with the link. The first thing I'm going to put on my list today, I'm trying to get away from buying stuff for clothes. I'm trying to wait until the weather actually starts turning in order to buy some stuff. I I just don't want to, I don't want to buy something and then have it turn sour by the time we get to the cold weather. So I'm really trying to just allocate my fun money towards not clothing. So right now I'm going to allocate it towards some turntable accessories. You and I have been talking a lot about vinyl stuff. We've been dabbling a little bit. We've been doing stuff. Uh, I've got two things I want here. Uh, I, I don't think either of them are necessities for anyone in the turntable game, but I do think that there are two things that can upgrade my experience. And here at Retail Therapy, we're always just trying to get the best experience out of the things we got. The first thing that I want at the bottom of this page, Barrett, is the cork map. Reduce a little static, reduce a little uh, just anything. Apparently, it's a nice upgrade from the felt. So I'm going to get that okay. $20 okay. cork mat, and I'm going to pair it with that $59 uh, record weight uh, right above it. Um, the record weight is just kind of a clamp that kind of screws your record down, makes it a little more stable. And while it seems like a little bit of an inconvenience, I do have some records that maybe aren't. This the, goes on the center, right? Yes. Yeah. And so yeah. it's an evenly distributed weight, so it doesn't like throw anything off and it should just be good. And given that these two products are from where I actually got my right. um, turntable from, U-Turn, uh, I think I think those are two things that I'm going to dabble with. It seems like a very good way to spend eighty dollars as far as uh, my money goes, and as far as my interests go. Yeah, right see, now, this, this well again, what you're what you're also highlighting and illuminating here is just how 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 dangerous this entire vinyl dangerous. is. Dangerous because there's just there's 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 innumerable things like this that you can do and tweak. And upgrade and who doesn't love tweaking with their hobbies? Dude, it's the best. It's you know? the best. Or buying like, a new little this or a new little that. Exactly. That's why I think that's why I've taken to this so you much. Know? It's because it's like, well, I could buy this new record or I could get the vintage one and I could go searching for it. Oh, they have a different pressing of this one. They have a special edition pressing <laughs> of this one. And it's like that kind of stuff is what I need in order to get in. I like the tinkering. I like the I like the research of it. I like the comparisons. I like people getting obsessively like nerdy about these kind of things. Yeah. And part one of the things I love about uh, U-turn is that all their stuff is just like it's very aesthetically pleasing. It's good looking, and I like that about them. And it just makes me want to keep supporting them. Yeah. And I have to admit, like 
the performance I've had from their turntable and the service I've gotten from them with any issues that I've had has been A plus, and I will never complain about them unless they, you know, they just completely screw me somehow, which I don't think they're going to do. Shouts to you, turn. I have two other things I'm going to add to the list, both of which are a little more. Eh, one of which I just will refuse to give a link to because I cannot have this sell out before yeah, I get that's it. That's smart. Um, and the other one, which I'll name first, is just something that I haven't made a decision on. Um, uh, I, I posted it to Instagram. It's my most recent post on Instagram. And it's a photo of Sally and I from the uh, Dead concert that we went to. Um, I switched tickets with someone in the crowd. And uh, she produces a lot of things online uh, for the Grateful Dead. Uh, she does merch, T-shirts. She does prints. Her name's Jocelyn Kowalski. She's probably my favorite person that does uh, th this kind of vending uh, around the shows. And she wanted floor seats and I wanted uh, some seat seats. And given that my wife is pregnant and I wasn't originally planning on going with her, I had floor seats and so I offered a trade. And uh, we decided to meet up at the concert and she took a photo of us with her kind of old school film camera. Nice. And what I would like to do is frame that. I don't want a giant frame that goes on the wall. I just want like a nice little desk frame. And so I'm currently in the market for an upscale uh, desk picture frame. Okay. I don't know where I'm going to get that from. Have you heard of Hobby Lobby? <laughs> Here's the thing. Hobby Lobby. I'm kidding. Hobby Lobby has moved. I'm not happy about it. You're, they have, yeah. They're really far away. The big one is, is not there anymore. Yeah. yeah. They're, it's yeah. just really far away, and I, I, that, that is going to stop me from ever going there. No, so I, I, just need to go, I just need to find something I like so I can get it professionally printed and done. Um, I was very happy that she does that. I, I do see my next um, – once, once the vinyl stuff cools down, I do see – uh, maybe some uh, some camera stuff in in my crosshairs, which is a dangerous game to play. Yeah, you're really just you're you're just trying to, you're just collecting the dangerous hobbies. I'm trying to I'm trying to set money on fire. Yeah. Whatever takes away from my my clothing purchases <laughs> is probably a good thing. The final thing that I'm getting is a uh, I told you about this at dinner the other night, yeah, Barrett. I've been trying I've been wanting to do this for a while, and I even put it on my wish list last year, but I never actually did it. But I've finally established the year the style and the size of the uh, vintage dead shirt that I would really like to get. And I'm going to buy it. There's only one in stock in the quality that I want. And so I will not put out a link to that. My goal, I'm going on vacation tomorrow, going up to Michigan to see my parents. Uh, the goal is to get drunk one night and purchase it. Okay. All so right. I've, I've had the tab open on my safari for the last uh, week. And I'm just waiting to get a couple cocktails deep and be like, you so know what? Yeah, screw you're gonna, it. You're gonna have to go white Negroni. No Americano though. The Americano, you're gonna stay too too reasonable and rational. True. Yeah. It's true. It's true. But I am. I'm staying with my parents the entire time. I'm up there, so I mean, like, it's pretty much it's like it's like a night at the hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those white Negronis. I was. I, I. I. On the advice of the internet, I've been making them with. N more pronunciation issue. Nolitz gin. N o l e t comes in a nice dark green bottle. Um. It's 90 proof though. You know, it's a little, it's got that extra kick to it. And I'm telling you what, man. That one, ain't low ABV, my man. No, it is not. And one of them just kind of like in this heat really kind of sets me off. So I gotta be, I gotta be careful out there. Yeah, bear, that's like two of my Americanos. Yeah, otherwise I'm gonna be, you know. Gotta relax, my dude. Buying um, Grateful Dead t-shirts on online any minute now. You should. Yeah. If you get, if you get one that's a little too big, just holly your boy. <laughs> And I will take it off your hands. Okay. I may, I might even do a trade with you for a certain uh, Armelion door, Randy. <laughs> Thank you. Um, sweater that we both own that you haven't received yet. Do they do? Do they do returns for their sale? No, they do not. That's okay. Yeah. I will not be clicking on that link anymore. <laughs> all right, that's all I got. We'll talk to you soon. Next week. Oh, programming note. Uh, hopefully, the Listener Digest comes out on Sunday this week. If it doesn't, I apologize. I am going to be on vacation. 
Uh, additionally, uh, no episode next week. We will be doing an episode of Retail Therapy in two weeks. So just keep an eye out with that. And then we'll probably resume some more normal uh, episodes after that episode of Retail Therapy in a couple of weeks. So we'll see you then. Later.